Warning, Geesebumps is a comedy podcast based on the works of R.L. Stein. Any similarity to an actual literature podcast is coincidental and unintentional. Forget Frosty. Jordan Blake and his sister Nicole are sick of the hot weather in Pasadena. Just once they'd like to have a real winter. A real winter with real snow. And then it happens. The Blakes are off to Alaska. Seems that Mr. Blake has been asked to photograph a mysterious snow creature there. Poor Jordan and Nicole. They just wanted to see snow, but now they're being chased by a monstrous creature. A big furry-faced creature known as the Abominable Snowman. This is not this bad. This is nothing. This is not. This doesn't even describe what happens. Nope, not even remotely. I uh, I uh, I noticed seventeen lies <laughs> in that. The only thing they got right was Pasadena and Alaska. They didn't even get that right, Danielle. Shut up. Podcast. My name is Danielle. I have a PhD. My name is Joe and I have a PhD. My name is Jeff and apparently I learned today that my greatest enemy is gravity. Oh yes, that big 9.8 meter per second mm-hmm. per second bully mm-hmm. that he is. It came a running and it knocked down some shit earlier and let me tell you right now the fact that we're recording this is fa- is is truth from my mouth to your ears that God is real. God is real because an $150 piece of equipment is working and that's all that matters. It's all that matters. Hey, it's a very expensive piece of equipment that we absolutely need. Yeah. I mean, if it makes you feel better, you were moments away from joining that guy in his crusade against gravity. Oh, yeah. The guy who hates gravity. He hates gravity because his sister drowned. Yeah. How? What, wait a minute. That's not a sound like gravity's fault. Danielle, can you do you want to do you want to regale Joe? Have you heard about this? Joe, have you guys heard about this? Have you guys seen this? <laughs> have you seen this? Have I read about this? No, I haven't. What is this? What's in the news? Man who hates gravity is that is that what we found? I think his name is Babbage. Rob Sir Roger Babson. That's a good name for a character who hates gravity. Yeah. Also the founder of a college. Also the founder of a college. You so. may have heard of Babson College. So Robert Babson. Weirdly enough, I remember us reading about this on our way to JoJo's apartment for yes, some reason. It was. It was. Ha, which is weird because you should have been focused on, you know, driving the car. No, no, we can drive and learn, man. My Tesla will crash on its own. It doesn't need me to not drive well to crash. That's true. All right, you got me there, Jeff. Yeah. Babson, Robert Babson, who was born in 1875. He was an American entrepreneur, economist, and business theorist. It was much easier to be all of those things without an education back then, you know? You just wake up one day and you're like, I'm a doctor. Go on. Babson's success as an investor was based on unorthodox views (laughs) of the operation of markets. According to his biographer, John Mulkern, he attributed business cycle to, quote, Sir Isaac Newton's law of action and reaction. I mean, are you talk if if we're talking about cause and effect, then yeah, so sure. A, with, with a pseudoscientific notion that gravity can be used to explain movement in the stock market. Yes, God, yes. <laughs> ah, God. 
So when stock goes down, gravity's pulling it further down. That's right. Gravity <laughs> wants you to lose money. But wait yes. a minute, wait a minute. But doesn't but isn't it arbitrary? Like couldn't stock just go left and right? That's not gravity doing its work. That's the wind, Joe. <laughs> what if I turn my head to the left? If I turn my head to the left so that I'm looking at the stock chart, then gravity doesn't work anymore because it only goes up and then shifts left and right. Boom. Uh, hey, hey, solved it. But so the, the, the whole point behind this guy, Danielle had, had told me, is that his sister drowned in like a lake, right? And he said, you know who's the culprit here? Yeah, you know what would have saved my sister? Is if we didn't have fucking gravity. If fucking gravity didn't kill my sister. She could have just floated out of the water. <laughs> but gravity wrapped its its icy tendrils around yeah, her. Yeah, dragged her down into the water. Would you imagine would you imagine someone drowning in a lake? And maybe this is a thought that I shouldn't share, but I'm gonna throw it out there. Jeff can cut it if he feels like it. Would you imagine someone drowning in a lake? Don't you imagine them like dead center of the lake? Yeah. You never imagine them. Yeah, on no, the shore? not on the shore. No, not no. like face down on the on the beach. That's like, no. It's weird it's weird. Like whenever I imagine someone drowning in a lake, the only explanation is they're in the middle of the lake with nothing around yeah, them. Yeah, they swim out to the middle and then gravity got them yeah that's where the gravity is the that gra gravity grabs you the hardest that's where gravity is the hardest the strongest yeah. yeah 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 and most powerful <laughs> so this yeah. is from the the vintage news the mit educated genius <laughs> well that's a well was not your average engineer maybe, maybe we're the stupid ones i don't yeah. know his interest in gravity started back in 1893 when his sister edith babson drowned in the river near uh gloucester when I was a boy, my oldest sister was drowned while bathing in the Anasquam River. Yes, they say she was, quote, drowned, end quote. But the fact is, through temporary paralysis or some other cause, uh, she was a good swimmer. She was unable to fight gravity, which came up and seized her like a dragon and brought her to the bottom. He killed his sister and he blamed gravity. Classic. Gravity is an innocent patsy. <laughs> exactly. Being thrown under the bus by this fucking MIT genius. So, so really, I, uh, and then he says there are thousands of such accidents every summer, notwithstanding the fact that most boats carry life preservers, which are practical anti-gravity aids. Love that anti-gravity you know aid. What? I'm going to start, I'm going to start considering anything that kind of keeps you afloat as an anti-gravity anti aid. aid. Yeah. Yeah. If these would be more freely used, deaths from drowning would greatly be reduced, which honestly, good on you. That does make That's sense. That's true. More, more life preservers. Yeah. Yeah. Most people, especially good swimmers, think it's a sign of weakness or is sissified. Sissified. AIDS and fighting gravity. So he's able. Did he say that? Yes, he said that. <laughs> I can't. I can't tell where where like your editorializing starts and stops. It's all him. It's all. It's all absurd. This is a great mistake that should be corrected by swimming teachers. So so yeah. So really, he 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 found his fight, uh, and he stuck to it. And he had an anti gravity society that still exists. Yeah. There's a monument to uh, in Tufts at Tufts University. This yeah. monument has been erected by the Gravity Research Foundation. It is to remind students of the blessings forthcoming when a semi-insulator is discovered in order to harness gravity as a free power and reduce airplane accidents. That's what's on this big stone slab. It says all that. Oh, so he's saying he can keep planes from falling out of the sky. Yeah, gravity is planes are always fighting gravity. They're spitting in the face of gravity, and gravity doesn't like gravity it. Gravity is not a fan of planes. No. Gravity set, looks at planes every time like, these fucking things. Look at this. Like, this shit again. Look at this shit. Do you rubbing it in shit? my face? Gravity has a real god complex, and it thinks planes are spitting in the face of it. 
Every time a plane must take off, it must say something about gravity's mom. Yep. Yeah. Yep. There's a lot of your mama jokes. You, like they beep it out in Morse code. It's like, okay, the 415 to Ottawa has just lifted off. And the Morse code it just said it is like, hey, gravity, your dad sucks shit. Yeah. It's like, hey, gravity, we're taking off. We've we've achieved liftoff just like I did with your mom last night. Hey. Oh. Boop, 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 boop. Hey hey gravity. Hey gravity. You're fucking your KD ratio in Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 <laughs> fucking trash, dude. <laughs> you're negative, KD, dude. Fucking bullshit try hard. Hey gravity, oh, you like you like kissing Isaac Newton on the lips? Yeah, yeah. You like you like those Newton lips? You like those Newton mm-hmm. lips. Why don't you marry him, Gravity? Yeah. Hey gravity, do you eat under there? <laughs> underwear. underwear and then oh! you eat underwear gravity you fucking nerd hey gravity you look like you've got a case of ligma ligma <laughs> what's ligma ligma balls <laughs> and then the plane takes hey, off hey, gra- hey, uh, hey tower can you ask gravity to give me clearance for bofa <laughs> uh, come again bofa bofa these nuts <laughs> <laughs> oh, they got us again. These planes. Yeah, uh, these planes are getting gravity's goat every time. Yeah. So that was so so that's Robert Bab Robert Babson. That was uh Bob and Will Snowman of Pasadena. Anyway, thanks yeah. for joining there us. Is a, hey, what a very relevant thing. Yeah. The thing the the a piece of equipment fell earlier. Mm-hmm. I had an emotional mm-hmm. breakdown because yes. it stopped working. Yes. I found another cord. It turns out it was the cord that fucked up. Things are fine, which is why you're hearing this. Jeff, mm-hmm. Jeff almost we almost lost Jeff. I literally had to go lie down for like 10 minutes. Because <laughs> like I was trying what to What have like, I done? Because <laughs> I was like trying to and I was like for some reason, like it, stuff breaking because the PS5 broke. Mm-hmm. And then this falls down and stops working. And I'm like, fuck. And it's not my piece of equipment. It's yours. And uh-huh. then I'm like trying to find the cord and then uh, the PlayStation 5 controller falls in the ground and I just <laughs> lost my shit. And by lose my shit, I mean I went very quiet and scrunched up like gravity was forcing me into a small little ball. Scrunched up like a little, you turned into a little Jeff ball because you were sad. <laughs> then I went and lied down. So and now I'm fine because I found the cord it's working. That was my morning. I just want you to know the pain that I went through to get this episode to come out. Yeah, I cannot stress enough pain that Jeff has been through. Yeah, but you know what? I'm glad it happened because I've got this pent up aggression and I'm ready to take it out. Yeah, fucking book. Rip this book apart. But this book's so good, Jeff. Mm, That's not what you said last night. Mm. Mm, That's not what I said to Gravity. (laughs) Gravity says. Okay, so all right, shut up, everybody. (laughs) We read. Goosebumps number 38, the abominable snow ban. Snow ban. Of? Of Pasadena. Pasadena. By one Robert Lawrence Stein. Jovial (sighs) Bob, as I've called him. Yeah. As he should be called. Now, has he he clocked into either of you as to what this this bad boy is about? No, I was too busy wallowing in despair. He just farted. He tried to reach me, and I was like, I don't want to take any calls. Send him away. He knocked on my door, and I opened it, and he farted in my face and walked away. Cool. Cool. Yeah. No, that's just what this book feels like when you read it, Danielle. <laughs> and then third thing, yeah. because I also did not find any <laughs> themes. I in found well. This. Here's one thing. I I found one thing that I'm like <laughs> I can I can kind of point to. Okay. Okay. All right. We gotta do it. Well, you've got it. Hey, you gotta do it in the voice. That's the rule. Yeah. Those are the bylaws. So use grav use use gravity to pull your own soul out. That's right. Set, to allow the spirit of, of RL in. Yeah. 
That's the sound that's of gravity. Sound, that's, that, that's gravity <laughs> taking a soul out of a body. Man, gravity is fucked up. Well, how did they, everybody? Uh, well, how did they share? Well, what? Oh, look at this. Oh, he's got a little wiener. Oh, okay. Oh, this is R.L. Stein. Uh, R.L. Robert, Robert, the spirit of Robert Lawrence. You are with us with gravity. No, my name's not Robert Lawrence. You know that, Whoa. Joseph. Joseph. Well, what is it then? Oh. Tough guy. Uh, reflecting laser Stein is what my name is. A reflecting laser, yeah, huh? Off the top of the dome. That's technology that I don't think you uh, have access to. You don't know me, Danielle. I, I think I do. He's got you there. He's got you there, Danielle. We gotta, we gotta let him have, gotta let, gotta let him have this one. Well, reflecting laser. What, what? We were having a chat about your um book abominable snowman of pasadena yeah book question mark mm -hmm. um and <laughs> we were wondering if you could tell us what this whole dang thing's about <laughs> well here's the thing here's the thing y'all uh i don't right know but for some reason i'm feeling some inklings of what jeff may have thought it was like in in, in the brain i basically get out at him he's recessed deep down into his psyche so this is Jeff channeling RL channeling Jeff. Yeah, we've become an amalgamation of both of our concepts. An infinite <laughs> regress. Where he has an idea and I didn't really have one, so I'm just going to take that and run with it. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. So this book is about a, uh, a young uh, a boy named Jordan and his sister Nicole. And right off the bat, it tells you that they are children for the first time I think we've seen in a book of divorce. That's true. Oh, this is, that's true. They are of divorce. Yeah. That's the notable true. difference. I this is a big step for me in writing a book with some sort of relatability in it the sure characters. Is. So these children, they live with their dad and they bring up that they want to go see their mom because their mom lives in the snow. And the dad's like, well, you're going to get to see that later. But we live in here in Pasadena where it's hot all the time, 100 degrees. But what happens is they have the opportunity to go to the snow. They go to Alaska to search for some quote unquote abominable snowman. Yeah, but you know why? I, I'm just picking up this train. I'm just, I'm, I'm here with you on this. Yeah, okay, uh, Daniel, I'm going to go ahead. You take the conductor's hat and you wear it. I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying I've seen this behavior before. This, uh, this is parents one-upping each other. This is parents one-upping each other. This is one father's desperate mm -hmm. attempt to earn the affection of his children when mom has moved to a place and in a situation that they would much rather be. They bring it up. Just, just get your kids Xboxes. I, I know. Just dude. get each one an Xbox and then you're the win. When your kid, when you get, to, when you get divorced, the children, they you are fair game for what they want in that first six yep. months. Whatever they ask for, you got to give it. Whatever they ask for. Now, maybe they would have asked for a guitar because they wanted to learn music so they could pour their souls, their ache and their torment into a song. But no, they wanted to see the snow, something icy, something brand new, because that's what their life is now. Something brand new, a new environment for them without two parents living under the same roof. So you're saying that the the physical locations that they inhibit are actually a the emotional yeah it's the emotional limbo feeling of the of being newly divorced yeah and being in that weird phase between what's, things what's with the snowman then so the snowman yeah what's his deal yeah what's up with that how's that fit in also does he have a dick does he have one? First of all, of course he's got a dick, Danielle. I didn't see it. That's what's dragging on the ground so they can follow their tracks. Oh, I thought that was a leg. Okay. The snowman is basically what they are going to be turned into if they stay with their father and they rely too much on one parent post-divorce, encased in ice in this desolate wasteland of their own making. Oh, and no matter where they go, they're going to have to make home their own. When that snowman goes to Pasadena, you know what happens? Turns it into ice. Yeah, he takes it over. 
He doesn't fucking play around. I guess. I don't really understand some of the magic behind the snow in this book. Seems like someone lost the plot here a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Hey, this is like a kid. Like, you know, like a, like a character in search of an author. This is an R.L. Stein in search of a theme. This is the know? exact same uh, procedure I went through to write this book. Is where I had a good idea for the first three fourths of it. <laughs> Something that gotta be right. And then the end, you're asking me, why is the abominable snowman there? I don't know, I man. don't know. Shit. I'm just trying to say that divorce is hard on everybody. That's right. Yeah, I suppose it is. That's yeah. right. It so is. I hope you appreciated me uh, coming off the top of the dome with that. I don't know how I much mean, of that was me or how much of that was Jeff. But I, seeing as none of you are satisfied with it, I'm going to say mostly it was me, R.L. Stein. I, I was going to say, Whoa. I think you really killed it. I think you really sussed it out. Well, I'll pass that along to Jeff. You definitely had an answer to the question. <laughs> but thank you, R.L. We appreciate you. We appreciate uh, you uh, contemplating divorce. Uh, I, feel, yes. I feel Jeff's trying to take control again. Oh, whoa, God. Whoa. Oh, he's, oh, he's willful. Oh, he's well. He's had too much caffeine this morning. Oh, okay. ah! He's doing one of those spirit fights like in Big Trouble in Little China. Hey, here he goes. Yeah, cool. Oh, man, that was nice. You, have you guys ever had somebody take over your body and push you down into your subconscious? Because let me tell you, it's chill. Is it? Do you just kind of like zone out? Everyone wonders how how comedy works in this show, <laughs> including myself, who has done it for a long time. And I got to tell you that a lot of it is you, you, you start into a joke and then your mind goes into the sunken place. Yeah. So when you return, you find you see if the joke worked. So I hope you appreciated that. I, uh, yeah, you know what? I do. So And you know what? In... You covered the entire plot. <laughs> I did, yeah. You know what? Well, we, we need the rest of this episode. So, but no, we okay. So, just just so we're clear, the, the abominable snowman of Pasadena, Jordan and Nicole, they are children. Mm-hmm. Their dad is divorced, mm-hmm. and from the cover, you think, okay, I see a snowman, mm-hmm. big guy. But pulling a, and I have to. I mean, you're not supposed to judge a book by its cover. I mean, I've, that's basic, right? Right. Sure, sure. But I've never seen a cover of a book so egregiously wrong. <laughs> yes. That this... I have to pass judgment. Yeah. the The cover, the from front to back, the cover of this book is full of lies. Is absolute lies. What would you think? Okay, from the title alone and from the cover, you're thinking. Encino Man. Encino. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're thinking kids uncover abominable snowman or something like Encino Man. Yeah. You live in a, a California. They somehow dug through the tar pit. That's right. And here's a tar, here's a snowman. Yeah. Or or or, and this is what I thought would happen when I saw like the first couple of chapters. Mm-hmm. It's we the dad flew there and then flew back all off camera. Here's a snowman <laughs> trapped in ice. Yes. Yes. Or or and also, but they also see it because they say at the beginning across the street there's like a house being worked on or built house or something. House being worked on. We're gonna crack into like the freezer. Yeah. So there's like there's like twelve different. But 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 basically, so just so we're clear, the cover of this book is snowman pulling a light pole out of the ground right. like a street lamp that's the cover with palm trees in the background so, so you know it's california yeah. it's cali you know and you and see that and you go okay yeah like with, with knowing nothing else i can say with certainty based on this cover that we're going to have at least a scene where snowman 
is doing damage to the area or something. Going down the street, racking up insurance claims. What's no, you know, like, because... Creature causing havoc in the city. I'm picturing Monster Blood 3 when the kid grows up to be enormous. That scene. That scene. As the book. As the book. Because I think this is after that, I want to say. Well, and also, like, or I was thinking fish out of water. They find him. They try and keep him secret right something, yeah and you they know. gotta protect him kind of like oh the, like they you know like they put him in a little suit like yeah or they like they aim him because there's bullies so like oh we're gonna finally get the bullies back yeah yeah we're gonna sick this fucking monster on him there's a lot of stuff that could have happened but here's what happens so jordan nicole children of divorce their dad gets a call hey we need you to go take pictures of alaska <laughs> no 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 specifically they say you need to go take pictures of an abominable snowman. Yeah, so right off the bat. In Alaska. It is not like, it is not even the premise of the book is we happened upon this creature. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's, it's like go, we are. Hey, go prove Bigfoot's real. Exactly. Go as a job. Bigfoot is real as a job. Exactly. And, that, and I'm going to go do that with my kids. I'm going to yeah, take my kids. Yeah, he takes his kids. Because that makes sense. We go with them. So we're in Pasadena for all of three chapters yeah. or yeah, so. Yeah, and then pfft, no more Pasadena. We go to Alaska. He hunts around for a Bigfoot for, for two days. I'm a, we're like page 80. The first time yeah. we get like the yeah. Bigfoot and it's like, this is not enough time. No, no. it's chapter 20. Nope. I think chapter 18 or 22 is when you finally see yeah. or are introduced to the books. Bigfoot. Yeah. Let's just call it Bigfoot. I don't like saying abominable snowman over and over again. Like chapter 23 so this is this is what's infuriating, right? So the book Abominable Snowman and Pasadena, twenty-two chapters are. Let's go to Alaska, find an abominable snowman, load him up, take him back to Pasadena. That's twenty-two chapters of this book. We're on page ninety-eight before, and I cannot stress this enough: before the abominable snowman and Pasadena are in the exact same place. 20 chapters of this book is let's go take photos. My dad's like a nature photographer. Mm-hmm. We're with him and he wants to take photos of the abominable snowman, which people say is here. And then the last few chapters is my dad, I, I guess maybe hit his head. We are now stealing the abominable yeah. snowman to take back to Pasadena. Normal. We have been betrayed by our guide who yeah. stole our oh, snowmobile. Yeah, I love him. Arthur's my hero. Abandoned in the Alaskan tundra. Yeah. It's like, it's basically like 22 chapters of this are Stephen, are, uh, what is it? What's the movie? John Carpenter's The Thing. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then the rest is not even, it's nothing. So like we have from 90, page 98 to, to like page 120. Uh, That's the only time anything happens. Is when the abominable snowman is in Pasadena. And the snowman, just so we're clear, not even the principal threat. And also, yeah, he's like fucking frozen. He's like hibernating. This is this is Terror Tower all over again. Yes. This is Terror Tower all over again. It's 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 terrible. It's terrible. Yeah, oh but. But but by the laws of our show, we now have to start looking at specific passages uh, to prove well, our point. Crisis is yours. Yeah, I, 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 and I look for stuff to highlight in this book. There is almost nothing to point yeah. out. Because so let's, so let's kind of. So this book has a lot of what I like to call false starts. <laughs> As in, here's something that you think is important. Yep, and it isn't. So, for example, uh, on you know. 
page one through six, chapter one, that's when they talk about like, here's our character, you know, our characters, child of divorce, all this stuff, what have you. And then when you're reading through that, you got to go, okay, well, what are our characters? What can they do? What are the things about them that they are going to use to cleverly solve the mystery at the end? Well, you know? and here's what's and, nice. And, is Ter and Terror Tower is a good example because mm -hmm. we established boy is a pickpocket. And you're yeah. like, well, that's going to be important at some point. Which it Why else would they tell us? Yeah. For this one, the, the daughter, the girl, Nicole. Girl is smart. Is smart. Girl is very smart. And boy is good at practical jokes. Good at practical jokes. I will say, though, before we get into the rest of almost of it, up until the end, I actually like these characters more than any other protagonist characters we've had. Oh, that's fair. Like, the dad is kind of likable and chill and more dad-like than usual. And even and at the beginning, they see they, they tell you that these kids hate each other like it's a classic rivalry, but they kind of get along. I never along. got that. I no. don't believe that. They, they always kind of feel like, eh. Well, yeah. here's... Well, can, I, can I give you just... Can I kick us off with just one little thing I have highlighted before? Yeah, we, sure. You know what? I was about to do a thing, but you go ahead. Well, it's chapter one. It's just, it's, it's, it, I, again, I think he started it and didn't know where to go. It's, it's page three for me in chapter one is you get these, oh, here's the kids. Dad thinks Nicole and I tease each other. That's putting it mildly. Nicole must know it all drives me crazy. And then this line, which is sometimes I wish she'd never been born. I've made it my mission to make her feel the same way. I mean, I try to make her wish she'd never been born. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's literally a piece of dialogue. That is an actual book. thought from this book. And none of that's in the book. These kids get along and they, they tease each other, but they're, it's the most realistic depiction of like siblings I think yeah. we've had. Yeah, it's so, just like, you know, benign mocking. It's just nice. Yeah. But it, it gets even stupider from there, though. But oh, okay, so, so in chapter one at the end, we kind of reveal the other thing about uh, Jordan is he loves... He loves the impractical jokers. Fucking loves it. The, the show. And he tries to live it every day. And one of the things he does is he takes his dad's film and fucks it up. And he took a bunch of pictures of teddy bears. And the dad is like, ah, oh, weird. You ended up, then Nicole's like, oh, wow, dad, you're developing these pictures. You're supposed to take a pictures of bears. But it's so strange. It's just pictures of teddy bears. And then we see that Jordan is laughing. And Jordan's like, uh, page. Oh my God. Oh my God. Where is it? Um, <laughs> page eight. Don't worry, dad. Dad frowned his voice calmer now. All right, Jordan. What's the big joke? And then Jordan goes gasping for breath. This was so fucking funny. <laughs> gasping for breath. Don't worry, dad. Your pictures are okay. He shoved one of the teddy bear shots in my face. Okay, you call this okay? And then Jordan goes, I borrowed your camera before you left for Wyoming, I explained. I took a bunch of shots of my old teddy bear for a joke. Yeah. The rest of the film should have your real bears on it. So if I may be so bold as to say, they used one roll of film. <laughs> yep. And he took, like, the... <laughs> that's that's the joke that's the joke y'all yeah right like and then it actually says i can't resist a good practical joke well you <laughs> seem to have in this instance uh, yeah because you've resisted 
anything good so far. And Nicole goes, I had nothing to do with it, Dad. I swear, which is which is classic. Classic Nicole. Dad loves it, though. Once he knows that, like, their livelihood is safe and he doesn't have to... He doesn't have to sell his children for salt. Yeah. Then, at the bottom, he, the dad says... Because, the again... This practical joke thing, you go, okay, well, this must be something. Because then even the dad goes, did I ever tell you about the trick I pulled on Joe Morris? This is the longest, most in unnecessary piece of, of book I've ever this read. Is, this is the full yep. musical right here. <laughs> yep. yep. Joe yep. had just gotten, this is page nine, Joe had just gotten back from Africa where he spent months photographing gorillas. He was all he was all excited about these fabulous gorilla shots he'd taken. I saw the pictures and they were really spectacular. Joe had a big meeting set up with the editor of a nature magazine. He could have just said nature magazine, but whatever. Sure. He was going to go in and show the editor these photos, and he was sure the magazine would snap them up in a second. But Joe didn't know that the editor and I had gone to college together. Again, this is like there's a lot of a lot of information. Yes. Yeah. So I called her up and asked her to help me play a little joke on Joe. Next paragraph, when Joe went <laughs> yes, to see it just her, keeps going. He showed her the pictures. She looked at them without saying a word. Next paragraph, finally. This motherfucker is patting it out so hard. Just, it's just exposition. Yep. About a character who's not the main character and two other characters we're never going to meet. Nothing to do with anything. It is like... It's like fucking waiting for Godot. It's like, Seriously, <laughs> it is. It's like it's like an improv troupe. This is like a stage play where like the the next scene can't happen because the actors like had an incident in backstage, so they're just like just vamp on stage vamp, for like vamp. a few minutes. So, I, I've never read a book that's like, and this is for kids. Like, yeah. what the fuck is this? Right. And then and the the end of the story is the dad basically said. He told the, the the his friend to just like say how like have no reaction and say like these aren't gorillas and then say actually they are gorillas. Gotcha. Wow. Well, though here's the thing. Hol- hilarious. Here's the weird Not thing. Bazinga. Un- unnecessary, extremely long piece of like t- the chapter. Except when that happened, I was like. Because the whole thing is he tells the friend who runs the magazine to tell Joe, who brought the photos in, that they're not gorillas. They're guys in suits. Yeah. And why couldn't he tell that they weren't real? Why couldn't and, you tell, you fucking idiot? And I was like, oh, this is going to play at the end where they're going to find out the abominable snowman oh, is a guy in a suit. Is a guy in a suit. And, it's a, and, and, and you know that. Because, and they set it up because they're like, well... Okay, that seems reasonable. Yeah. Because if this whole story is hinging on the dad, because why else would we know this information if not for it to be materially yeah. relevant? And and spoilers, it's, it's not. not. <laughs> no. Well, here's the thing. I just thought of the whole different plot from this book. The whole trip that the dad gets put on is Joe Morrison getting back just at him. Get, yeah. Dude, yes. But the, but but hey, Jeff, it wasn't. It wasn't. That's why this is so bad. That would have made so much sense that this whole book where Joe Morrison gets this no, magazine to Jeff, send the dad out. Listen, listen, Joe Morrison doesn't matter at all. No, but Danielle, you're right. He doesn't. <laughs> this is, you see, Danielle, do you see, do you uh, see how 
Do you see how gravity has weaved its terrible spell upon us? I see how gravity has fucked us over. Yeah. I feel weighted. I feel weighted down. I but feel it's, like gravity's against me. It's literally three pages of the dad giving you this anecdote. It goes on forever. That by the rules of stories is like, well, then this, this is... This is Chekhov's gun, right? Yeah. yeah. This has got to be setting up something. <laughs> this is Chekhov's gun store. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? This is what you've bought here. It's a story. It's like this book is just a store full of guns. You're like, these are all going to come into play at some point or Why another. else would we be in this store? Why would we be in this store? Why would we be describing every inch of this fucking store? Why would we meet this guy, Arthur, who takes us out there? Learn his whole fucking backstory. Why would we have these bullies over here? Oh Why my God. Okay, okay, so, okay, so. Again, <laughs> the first part of this is just vamping. Because yeah. really, yep. the children are not the thing that initiates the story. And in a lot of Goosebumps books, this is kind of true. The thing that kind of starts off the adventure the kids aren't really in control of. But it takes a while mm -hmm. for us to get there. You know, mm -hmm. normally it's in the first chapter where we've just moved into a new house. Yeah. We've just moved to a new town. We just started a new school. By the time, th the moment that we start, we're in, we're in it. Not so with this. And this, they have to establish a lot of shit. One of the things they established, I want to point it out because it is another false start in this story and it's a false start for, for pretty much the stupidest reason. Okay. Cause it's another, it's another like fake out that gets you in the mood of fake out. So we're introduced to fraternal twins. Yeah. That's right. Which is so fucking weird. Monst monstrous maternal twins. Yeah, mo monstrous maternal humans. Twins. Kyle. Well, okay. This is the, but this is what's so baffling. Kyle and Kara page 15. The Millers, meet the Millers. Meet the Millers. The, those are the bullies. The Millers, page 15, chapter three. The Millers like to pick on me more than anyone for some reason. Kara is just as scary as her brother Kyle. I hate to admit it, but Kara can take me out with one punch. I know that for a fact. She gave me a black eye last summer. God damn. Um, Fuck. So the, it's like, um, and then there's like a one line of them shooting something and it goes like, Kyle flipped his super soaker from one hand to the other behind his back. He tried to make it look really complicated move. Arnold taught me how to do that. He Brad Kyle wanted to think he was talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger, which I think they actually cut out in the later edition. Yeah, I don't see that um, in mine at all. Oh, wow. Because Arnold Schwarzenegger is still relevant. He claims, and he, was, and he wasn't the gardener yet. He claims he knows uh, Arnold. I have my doubts. What an important detail. But also, it could be important if the story was about, like, deception. Yeah, you. I mean, you keep thinking, like, surely all of these random Details and anecdotes are not well, purely random. And, and the kids, like, the, they live in Pasadena and, like, the, the twins' parent, like, dad works in, in movies. Mm-hmm. In the movies. So there's all these little, like, oh, oh. Like, is, oh, it could have been a, a fucking, like, you know, from a movie. A fake, yeah. yeah. Like, a, like, again, it's it's leading into whatever's going to happen is going to be fake. Involve us. So, yes. but here's what happens. Page 17, Nicole and, and Jordan are like, oh, whatever, you guys. And it turns out that Kyle and Kara fucked with their bikes yeah these kids are actually like psychopaths yes also. yeah they are unhinged he finds this out he gets pissed off and he attacks one of them and they fight back and then page 18 i tried to roll all the way but i couldn't kyle had me pinned kara heaved the rock then she let it drop right onto my head chapter four the rock landed on my forehead and bounced off. I opened my eyes. Kara was laughing like a hyena. 
It bounced off just like the first time. And Lauren said, it's made of sponge. It's fake. And then Kyle's like, it's a movie prop. And Kara's like, you should have seen your face. What a chicken. Yeah. So you're like, okay. Then the dad comes out. This is, okay, chapter four. I leapt to my feet. Because now the dad is out there. He sees the two bullies, his kids, and their next door neighbor. Five characters are out here. And here's the sixth. And then... Dad goes, what's going on, guys? Uh-oh, Dad. I leapt to my feet and said, hi, Dad. We were just kidding around. And then, you know what's great? The bullies don't leave. They're just hanging out now. Yeah. <laughs> yep. They're just in the rest of the now scene. they're just friends or something. Which you think that maybe they would be like, oh, you're, you know, he tried to hit me. Like, it would be one of those, like, they're feigning innocence. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. And no, it's just like, uh, I guess we're not fighting. And I guess it's hard to tell, like, the relationship. Like, they're all the neighborhood kids hanging out. But these two, like, make everyone's lives hell. Well, it, it could also be that, like, maybe Jordan isn't telling the truth. And maybe, oh. like... Maybe they are good friends and they're being silly and his descriptions of things aren't true. He loves practical jokes. Maybe he's playing one on us, the reader. Well, here's the thing that 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 really kind of got me because when you the, the whole thing with the rock, <laughs> you enjoy <laughs> like, the rock. <laughs> Please call him Dwayne. You kind of you kind of glossed over the inter, like how that scene kind of got to that, which is the, the, the two boys are fighting. This is why I said that it was almost a psychopathic thing. The two boys are fighting, and then Jordan gets knocked down, and then Nicole shouts hysterically, this is the end of chapter three, Jordan, look out! I glanced up. Kara stood over me, clutching a rock the size of her head. A mean grin spread across her face. Yeah, this is a scene from Orphan. Yeah, this is, this is, she's about to Cain and Abel, this motherfucker, is what it felt like. She's about to bludgeon this nun to death. But it was actually a scene from, you know... Rugrats, because it was like a pillow or some shit. Yeah, because it was, ah, oh, it's a sponge. It was a fake. Yeah, but also that, again, seeds the idea that, oh, there's... It's not there, real. There's yeah. fake stuff nearby. There's yeah. movie stuff nearby. Like, all of this setup is clearly set up. Like, it, it, there's a... You can pick up a direction from but, it. Yeah. But then, then the person just forgot what they or, were doing? Or they felt it was too much effort to write... All just to look to to go back and find all the stuff that they set up and make an ending for it. So they were like, "Fuck yeah. it, this is like 3 a.m. They're they had five Red Bulls and they are." Chapter four ends with this is on page twenty three. They'd been kind of goofing around, messing around with the school bullies, having a whatever time. This is end of, end of, like this is the last page of uh, uh, of chapter. Um, four and they just and they and they now know that they are going to be going, going to Alaska, to Alaska with okay. their dad. Nicole and the Millers are playing with squirt guns. Nicole falls backward, lands in the compost pile. It's fucking hilarious, right? So fucking funny. Great stuff. Great stuff. Dad says we were still staring at when Dad popped his head out the back door. You kids ready to go to dinner? He called. Chapter five, page twenty four. There it is, Dad shouted over the roar of the small plane's engine. So we're definitely not going to Applebee's. Nope. We are, in fact, going to Icknick. Icknick, Alaska, because that's where we are now. Yep. From chapter five to nearly the end of the book. Hope you were able to keep up. Well, all the kids we met at the beginning, all the, the, the details, all that shit. Irrelevant. Irrelevant. We're gone. Yep. We're not there anymore. We don't care. That isn't the book anymore. We don't give a fuck. It's a completely... The book could have started here. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in fact, it seems like it's supposed to. Yeah, well, that would have been very lo- Legend of the Lost Legend, where kids are already in a it, trip. Very. They're just like been kidnapped away into the countryside. Yeah. Dad took kids to the Alaskan tundra for, because he couldn't find a babysitter. Because they are <laughs> divorced. That's yeah. right. You He's, know? This is what happens. You have to make sacrifices, like taking your kids with you to Alaska. Yeah. When you have, you to, have to make sacrifices. You have to make uh, mm, sacrifices. Sacrifices. It's delicious. So then we kind of get to like the next little bit of setup, which is they're going to go into the Alaskan tundra. Ten miles out. Yeah. So interesting that he picked the most like uh, the least the the setting with the least amount of things that need to be described. Yeah, that's true. It's, it's and like, then even then, it still feels kind of light. <laughs> even then, you're still just like, I guess we're just wandering in some kind of white box. Look, they saved a lot of money <laughs> film, shooting, <laughs> writing this book with no environment <laughs> to speak of. And then they go like, how far is it to town from the airport? And they go like, uh, you're looking at it. Yeah. And it's one road, page 30, one road. It began at the airport, ended in a pile of snow about two blocks away. A few wooden buildings are all that's sprinkled. And then Jordan goes, that's it. And then Arthur, their pilot guy or whatever goes, it's not Pasadena. (laughs) Well, good call. Do you remember that? Do you remember the rich tapestry of the location that was Pasadena? Yeah, forget it. Is in our rear view mirror. Uh, They went to a diner called Mm -hmm. Betty's, which honestly, the way I wanted to go to this diner, I got to tell you. And at the diner, they ordered hamburgers, French fries, and Cokes. And the dad and Arthur ordered coffee and beef stew, grown up food. Did you introduce (laughs) Arthur yet? Arthur is their, their guide, their guide. And he is my favorite. He, Arthur is, I love him. Yeah. Arthur's a no nonsense kind of guy who doesn't take kindly to pranks. Yeah. No, Arthur is like, uh, yo, idiot like you brought your fucking kids out yeah arthur is the internal monologue for us the reader where, where <laughs> the dad's like hey i'm here and arthur looks at him he's just like you didn't say you'd have didn't kids, say kids. <laughs> i'm sure i did I don't and remember the dad's it. like it's fine and arthur's like it's, it's really not. not it's not fine it's not cool to take these kids out with us he's like i've got a sled with dogs we're gonna mush into negative 10 degree weather on the alaskan tundra and you brought kids with you and he's like yep that's what divorce does to you, baby. That's divorce. You got to take your kids to work. <laughs> got to take them to work with you. It's fucking brutal. The dad then, this is on page 31. And again, Jordan and Nicole are presumably the main characters. Yeah. Yeah. But here is the dad doing something. He goes, have you ever seen this snow creature we're looking for? The dad asked Arthur. And Arthur speared a piece of meat with his fork and popped it into his mouth. Yeah. I guess for emphasis. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) He chewed again for emphasis. (laughs) He chewed some more. End of sentence. Aggressively. Dad, Nicole, and I, and the reader also watched him. (laughs) Yep. Waiting for an answer. This is egregious. Right? We're watching a man chew. It's it's great because in that moment I was like, "This is Nick Offerman." Yes, pure Nick Offerman. Imagine vibes. if you imagine it as Nick Offerman as this gruff, no nonsense. That's all you need to know. That's humorless kind of character. Exactly who it is. Yep. Let me tell you about this gazebo I made. Or like Quint, you know, yep. like yep. like doll's eyes. Yeah. <laughs> he goes, never seen it. Heard about it though. Lots of stories. And I waited to hear one of those stories. 
But Arthur kept on eating. <laughs> He's fucking with us, right? R.L. Stein is fucking with us. I turned the I turned the page, and it goes. I couldn't stand waiting any longer. What kind of stories? And then I, the reader, go, Yeah, give me something, <laughs> please, anything. I'm drowning. You may be wondering if at this point we're going to get some kind of abominable snowman, you know, like warning. But no, instead we get he swabbed at some gravy with his bread. Yeah. Really just soften it up. Is so resistant to doing anything. This that is would it be feels implied. like it's padded out. Well, most of the books that I that we've read are like 30 plus chapters, like 32, 33 as far as the digital. This one's 29, and I feel like it's padded. I feel like it's very padded it is, out. It is egregiously padded. Like this scene seems like it go it we don't need to have like like this is like a David Fincher movie where we're like this is this is like insomnia with Robin Williams and De Niro and we're in Alaska. So stupid. Time is just not moving. It's a slow burn. And also, just a heads up, we find this out later. Apparently, this is the time of Alaska where the sun does not go down. Yeah, yeah. This is a uh, so this is a twenty four's goosebumps. And um, <laughs> it really on page thirty one, just so we're clear, Arthur says. Never seen it. Heard about it, though. Lots of stories. So that implies that there, the, the snowman isn't real. You right. know, because it's like, because already we're kind of knee deep in this book. And if there's anything we can hang on to, it's, yeah. well, there's deception happening. Yeah. It's not real. Something fishy. And then we have the next part. The dad says, um, page 32, that's what we're here for. It's my job to find him. If he exists, to which Arthur responds, oh, he exists. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's out there. It's for a real. It's for real. Friend, a friend of mine, another musher, he was out in the blizzard one day. He ran into it. And then Arthur goes, and then he goes, and then I, then Jordan goes, well, what happened? And then Arthur goes, you don't want to know. Stuff more bread in his mouth. Yeah. He's like, hold on. I'm, I'm, I'm. I'm sorry. You're already warning. And then dad goes, we certainly do want to know. And then Arthur goes, the monster picked up one of his dogs and made off with him. My friend chased after him, trying to get the dog back. Never found him. But you could hear the dog whining. Pitiful howls. Whatever happened to that dog, it sounded pretty bad. That story was so banal. That, right? It was like, oh, the dog went missing. It grabbed a dog and ran off. And it's that like. sucks. I mean, but it sounds like a. And? It ramps up with the next story he tells. He goes on. It's not just the dog story. Yeah, you, no, you more. wait a long time for the dog story, but don't worry. There's more there's story. More. And then, and then gentleman goes, my friend came back to town. He and another guy. There's so many just random people in this <laughs> yeah. fucking just thing. Just people this is everywhere. This populated book. We never see any of these In characters. Alaska of all places. He and this other guy, my cousin, he's nice. They go out <laughs> to try to capture the snow monster. Darn foolish, if you ask me. And what happened to them? And then Arthur goes, don't know. They never came back. Huh? Huh? And then I gave to the big guy, I saw, excuse me, but did you say they never came back? And the other nodded solemnly, they never came back. Next page. There they are right there. <laughs> there they are. <laughs> hey, Earl. Maybe they got lost. Pa- chapter seven. Maybe they got lost in the tundra. And then Arthur goes, doubt it. Those two knew what they were doing. The monster killed them. That's what happened. That's the only reasonable explanation. Yeah, not nature. Yeah, no one goes missing in Alaska ever. Well, and then for some reason, I feel like R.L. Stein was like, these jokers don't think this monster's real. Well, I'm going to give them one more story that's yeah. bigger than yeah. the previous two stories. Can I really get them worked up? And so, and now we're stuck in 
What I have to be upset and call the middle of the book. Uh, yeah, yeah. Devastating. The next thing that happens is, I cannot believe this is what happens in this book. Page 34, chapter seven, the dad asks, or actually Nicole asks, has anyone else seen the monster? And then Arthur goes, yep. A couple of TV people from New York. They they heard about what happened to my friend from me, I guess. They set out into the tundra. They never came back. Well, we yeah. Found, we found one of them frozen to death in a block of ice. So one of them did come back. Yeah. Yes. Just not just, alive. Just not alive. Yeah. But, she, but wait, but then Mrs. Carter, there's a Mrs. Carter now. Yeah, don't forget about Mrs. Carter. She lives at the end. This monster has a huge hypothetical body count. It really does. It's it's five degrees of separation from this monster. It's <laughs> My cousin's hairdresser swears that her friend's mom saw the snow monster uh-huh. a few days later. And Arthur continued in a low voice. She was looking through her telescope. And spied him out in the tundra. Don't believe me? Go and ask her. But I bet we can't. Yeah, I bet we, I bet we won't. I would like to investigate and ask these people and interview them. Nope. I don't think so, sir. Take my, take my stories at face value. Dad made a noise. I glanced at him. He was trying to keep from laughing because he's like, this is stupid. Yeah. Well, you're the guy who accepted to come out and try and shoot the abominable snowman, though. Yeah, exactly. Is he, is he messing with us? And then he goes, um... I, I, keep, I keep just going like, and then he goes, but this is like one of the only things that brought me joy in this entire story is this next couple lines. Yes. He goes, um, he's like, uh, you don't have to believe me if you don't want to, Mr. Blake, he said. And then dad goes, call me Gary. And then Arthur goes, I'll call you what I please, Mr. Blake. Yeah. And this is what I was like. Arthur is my hero. He goes, that monster is real and he's a killer cool yeah i mean it's just perfect i mean it's it is again like it's it's giving the i think the adults in this one have more like age time yeah and development than any other goosebumps book i want to see dad i want to see the blossoming friendship of yes. respect between dad and, and, and arthur yeah, me too. instead of these two kids but and i hate to i hate to pull the rug out from under you jeff we don't get that no we don't no, no we do not arthur turns chicken turns yeller yeah, he turns yeller. He turns yeller and he's like, he leaves those bitches to die. He leaves those bitches to die. <laughs> <laughs> that guy who you think at the beginning of the book is like, this guy has got integrity. He, he checked out. He when was you, like, when you, when you meet Arthur in this book, you're like, oh, this is like a, a no nonsense. Yeah, this is like someone who would be up in Alaska, just not here for your fucking kids or your fucking jokes or your fucking pals. But he seems like a guy that has like, you know, he has a code of honor. Yes. You know, nope. Which is me first. (laughs) Gonna get you the head, the tail, the whole dang thing, you know? They're gonna just go out in the snow now. This isn't a choose your own goosebumps. This is just... (laughs) Yeah, no, this is a a ride the rails goosebumps. They go out into the tundra. Yeah, they do and what like, they said they were going to do. They, they do what they said. They kind of have this Arctic adventure. Not even an adventure. It's like almost like a travel log. Like we got on the, the we got on the dogs. It's like B roll footage for like a documentary. Yes, this is where there's narration going on. Expositional. Cha- chapter eleven. Th- I can't believe this is in here. Chapter eleven, page fifty one. Nicole and I walked in front of 
I walked up the front of the sled with the dogs. Behind me, I heard Dad's camera clicking furiously. I knew it meant he found something. I turned around. A large herd of elk moved towards us, toward the snow rise. We stopped to watch them. Look at them, Dad whispered. Amazing. The elk calmly picked their way across snow, antlers high. They stopped to eat at a stand of bushes. Arthur pulled back the rein on the lead sled dog to keep them from barking because we got to bask in this planet Earth moment, guys. That's yeah. right. This is what we're losing with fossil fuels being being yes. used, you guys. What we're sacrificing. What we're sacrificing. Now, I will say that the elk all then look up. And what we are to understand is a spooky thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Spooky moment. So suddenly yeah. one, this is page 52, suddenly one elk lifted his head. It seemed to sense something. The other elk teased up too. And then they heard, and they began to gallop across the tundra. And then Arthur says, something scared him. Wasn't us. Thinking it was a snowman, but it wasn't <laughs> us. And it wasn't the dogs. He's got a checklist of like, elk are scared. All right, let's go down the list. It's like, oh, let's check the list. Me. Scared of me. Not possible. No. Scared of dogs. Scared of you? No. Scared of the sled? No. Scared of scared of sled? Put that in the maybe pile. Those <laughs> yeah. are pretty unusual. Uh, well, you can't tell what these guys. <laughs> Using the scientific method, I have found out that the only thing which could have skimmed their, scared them elks had to have been an abominable snowman. That's the only thing. You don't live out here on the tundra without attributing all things that scare other things to an abominable snowman. <laughs> now, in on page 52, we, we do get, like, some hint of the eventual betrayal, where he goes, um, Arthur's like, we need, we ought to turn and head back to town right now. And then uh, the dad says no, and then the dad says, I've got a job to do here, and I've hired you to do a job. When I will just remind everybody here that earlier in the book, the dad says, if the abominable snowman isn't real, I'll just take pictures of it, whatever. So he doesn't, he doesn't care. Yeah. The dad's like, this is a free trip to Alaska. Basically. I'm not expecting to catch the Bigfoot, but I, I can use this, which I'm like, I guess they just flew you out because they stay at a shitty shack in the middle of nowhere that I don't think they're paying for. This definitely feels like a write off. Yeah. I I don't know where the money for this trip got invested into aside from the shitty plane ride. Yeah. And Arthur, I guess, I guess, which I mean, you got to get a refund on that when you get back to Pasadena. They kind of just dick around for a while. It's a lot of like, just like, oh, it's cold. Oh, yeah. like oh. it's oh, snowy. Oh, the dogs are spooked. Oh, I'm tired. Something kind, not, something un, unknown spooks dogs. And by that, it's just dogs are barking. Yeah, which out in the, out in the Arctic, can you imagine dogs yeah. barking? Dogs barking. At something. And, and it's just that for, for uh, until like chapter 18. Yeah. yeah. So, so but what we have, so... Basically, there's like that kind of a loop of something scared something. What is it? I think it's a snowman. And then <laughs> on page 61, uh, which is chapter uh, oh, chapter 13, um, they hear a noise outside their tents. Um, Nicole grabbed my coat sleeve. Listen, she whispered. It's Arthur, I told her. And we crept around to the back and it was Arthur. He was crouched behind the dog sled. And then uh, Jordan goes, Arthur, what's up? And then startled, and he doesn't reply. Cheese it! He's like, he says mush. He says smoke bomb! And the dogs <laughs> lean forward, and then uh, Jordan screams, where are you going? <laughs> hey! Hey, wait a second! End of 
page, uh, page 62, Arthur never came back, never turned back. <laughs> the kids try and chase down a man with, 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 with sled with dogs. With sled dogs, yes. Yeah, they, they do chase after him, which actually is weirdly realistic to me, but like they chase after him. There's a sense of desperation in yes. this scene, which I do yes. like. Jordan, well, the reason why, Jeff, is on page 63 where Jordan <laughs> says, he's got our food. <laughs> exactly. Now we understand the angst. Our nom noms. He's got our snackies. Oh, fuck, dude. I need my Twinkies. I need and my during, Twinkies. And during this running... As the end of chapter 14, they fall into like a crevasse or some shit. For the second time. Yeah. And and before we get too far into that, I would like to tell you how many times the word crevasse is used in this book. You know what? Lay it on us, Jeff, because the word crevasse is kind of like the word blubber lamp. It's good to say. How many times do you think the word crevasse is used in this book? Give me a number. 12. Uh... 17. Nine. Damn it. That's still too many. It is, <laughs> it is a, lot a lot of, of times. I don't think I've ever seen. First of all, I couldn't tell you the last time I've seen the word crevasse spelled out. And I'm just like, that is a fancy French looking word. I it can't is. believe they use the word crevasse instead of the much more colloquial crevice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's because we're high educated people here. It's at true. Who read yeah. Goose, yeah, this, Goosebumps Local 212. Uh-huh, this, is a, this, uh-huh. is a, this is a step up for Goosebumps when he finally got on one of those indie horror directors to make it. We got to show that horror can be smart and intellectual. Right. Not just dumb jump scares. It's got to be psychological. Yeah. And it's got to be moody, you know? It's got to be spooky. This has got to be like uh, open water, but in the tundra. Yeah. Open tundra. So they, they fall down this crevasse Mm -hmm. into like a space or whatever. And that's, and now here we are. Page 70. Finally. 71 ish. Out of like 120. (laughs) They see a gigantic footprint. Page 70. Bigger than the fake one I made in the snow earlier that morning. And they both saw at the same time, page 71, the abominable snowman, capital A, capital S, Mm -hmm. as in this is his first and last name. Mr. (laughs) Abominable Snowman. He loomed over us. He stood upright like a human, covered in brown fur, black eyes, stared out of an ugly face, half human, half gorilla. He wasn't that tall, about a head taller than me. Okay. A head taller? Than a 12-year-old. five feet tall. Than a 12-year-old. So he's like five feet. He's as tall as I, Joe, in real life. Yeah. But he seemed large. His body was thick and powerful, but giant feet. And for, he was swole. He never skips arm door leg day. Mm-mm. And fur-covered hands as big as baseball gloves. We're trapped, Nicole stammered. And she was right. The entrance behind us had been blocked by the avalanche. There was no way it would surplus the big boy. And then it's glared down at us. And it started to move. And then here's what's great is we discover something about the abominable snowman that Which is makes no absolutely hog wild. Chapter 17. Danielle, if you would give us this very fun description of our villain. I opened my eyes. The snowman hadn't moved. Nicole took a step forward. He's frozen, she cried. I blinked in the dim light. Huh? It was true. The snowman stood frozen in a huge block of clear ice. I touched the ice. The monster stood inside it like a statue. If he's frozen in ice, I wondered, then what made those giant footprints? We don't have to care. No. It doesn't matter. And they, 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 and then you're like, huh, maybe that's not the snowman. But then it says a couple lines down, maybe he walked back here and accidentally froze. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oops. 
Maybe he it, goes into the ice like, like to rest, like Dracula. <laughs> yep. That, these are actual solutions that the children Here's are the cool thing. You never find out why. No nope. need it. Not so at he's, all. He's, and, and I just want to point out that the concept of a block of ice is not how people freeze in things. <laughs> it is not. It you, is wait, not. When you get cold, ice doesn't start permeating from your body until it forms a solid A perfect case? object? No, it doesn't. <laughs> I mean, I... I but... <laughs> How do, how do we make ice cubes then? Yeah, how, yeah Jojo, how Explain do we make ice, ice cubes? cubes? Explain it, you fucking idiot. Okay, so the ice cube starts from without. So okay. there's, a, there's oh, an dear. ice cube that you go into and then you fill in the rest of the cube, right? Oh my God, you, you're hurting my head. You don't start in the center of an ice cube and then expand out to a cube. You don't suspend the water in an anti-gravity. We're back to gravity again. Gravity. So gravity won't Always let coming us. back to gravity. Gravity stops us from doing it like this. Bastard. Back to, to reality. Oh, there, well, there, goes, there goes the abominable snowman. In a block of ice. In a block. And, Perfectly and like, normal. And, 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 we, and they describe it later. It is literally like a six by three foot. Yeah. It's an actual hunk. A hunk. A coffin made of ice. Yes. And then on page 75, it breaks out. <laughs> because obviously, if it doesn't break out, then it's like, well, I guess we're done. Yeah. Yeah, which we should have been, honestly, but. Found it. <laughs> it's here. Got one. Got one. The, blo the block of ice splinters apart. This is chapter 18. Um. Nicole and I took off, but there was nowhere to go. We scrambled the other side of the cave as far as we can. Um, so they're running from their lives from this, uh, from this abominable this snowman. This five foot three abominable Yeah, this snowman. five foot three Danny DeVito. And then it grabs uh, Nicole, and Nicole's like, help, he's crushing me. Page 78. And then page 79, the abominable snowman growled, turned Nicole around roughly, reached behind her, grabbed her backpack, and ripped it off. Hey, that's a Jan sport, you fuck. Pulled something out, and it was a bag. A bag of trail mix. So they had food. Arthur leaving wasn't so bad. But also, he's like, huh, he likes trail mix. And it's just eating the trail mix. And now, I don't know what the fuck we're doing. Now anymore. I don't even know what's happening. Well, now I'm thinking, oh, it's like nice, or it's like yeah, sentient, or... Or it's like, maybe it's a kid. Maybe it's a baby abominable it's a real so it's a real harry and the hendersons yeah well yeah. I, I, at, this, at this point daniel and i was like i was talking to her like i was giving her my ideas about where this could possibly go right because we're rapidly running out of time we're rapidly running out of time <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and i'm like okay so uh i was like the way the goosebumps book, books work maybe the mom was an abominable snowman and this is like their long lost sibling yeah. or like maybe the dad is the abominable snowman and that and the whole thing was like a ploy to just get them up there so he could like check in and the and kids are actual abominable snowman like, kids. Maybe Arthur was the snowman. Maybe maybe this is Arthur's baby. There's so, there's so many goosebumps things it could have been. <laughs> and it turns out there are none of them. It's not any of it's that. It's just I guess a monster that yep. ices itself up. Sure. On a cake. I don't it Why not? It makes no sense and and this is when so they, just so we're clear, after it's eating the trail mix, they're like, well, I guess let's return back to the previous threat and run away. Yeah. Yeah. And then right. it, it, it tries to grab them. We yeah. think because of a hug, but we don't know for sure. Yeah. And they run off and then they come back later. Well, so this is when the book lost 
me and Tommy. I, mean, I wasn't. You weren't really it. with it up to this no. point, but now it's like I gotta go. At this point, I was like, "What are you doing?" Like, okay, so so the kids escape, right? They they manage to get away. The the snowman had them. It drops them in the snow, and they're like, "Why did it drop us?" And they they manage to find their dad. And they get back to the cabin. So doesn't the monster like save them? It, I guess I, it's sort of like it's not necessarily trying to kill them. No, but, but which the cover of the book seems to imply is not the it, case. It, yeah, the cover seems very hostile. And they tell their dad, and and this is like chapter twenty one. They tell their dad, and this is the most realistic thing uh, as well. And I, and again, it's it's a bummer that the book sucks so fucking much <laughs> because I really like how he wrote the kids and the dad yeah. and their interactions because they find dad back at the the cabin, and and obviously the first thing they're saying is like. We found the abominable snow. First of all, Arthur fucked us. Yeah. First of all, no food. First of all, Arthur bailed. And the dad's like, well, I have to radio because he has a radio to like get them help, I guess. And then uh, this is for me, it's page uh, 85. It's like, dad, listen, I blocked his way to the radio. Nicole and I found the abominable snowman. And he sidestepped around me. This is no time for jokes, Jordan. <laughs> if we don't get help, we could starve to death out here. And then Nicole says, he's not joking, dad, tugging her, tugging your dad's arm. We really found the snowman. He lives in a cave under the snow. Dad stopped and studied Nicole. He always believes her, but this time he wasn't sure. I just love the idea that the, 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 the kid's like, Dad, it's a snowman. He's just like, shut, shut up, up, Jordan. Shut and then the, 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 the good kid's like... No such thing as a snowman. And the good kid's like, no, there is. And he's and like... He's what? like, hmm. Mm. There's something to this. Right. <laughs> isn't right. there? I'll I like, allow it. I just... I, it, made, it was so realistic that he was just like, my good child. It was like Lisa and Bart were yep. like... Bart's like, there's a there's snowman. A snowman. And he's like, Bart, shut up. And then Lisa's like, no, <laughs> no, it's true. And he's like, hmm. Okay. Well, okay. Lisa said it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I love that. And it's unfortunate because at this point. The, you're not going to love him for long. You're not going to love the dad very yeah. much longer. Oh, say goodbye to daddy. Dad has the most insane character dime turn. I can't even explain the why. He goes off the fucking pasture, man. Because they go back to the they go back to the cave. They show Dad the cave. Yep. And the snowman's back in ice. I guess. I yep. Don't that's that's how he sleeps. <laughs> His little ice bed. Yeah. And Joe, what is what is the what happens with the dad at that point? So, page. Oh my god, I, this is so dumb. It's it made page ninety one. Page ninety one. Um, it's, uh, sorry, actually, page ninety. It's, it's chapter so, twenty two, I believe. He stopped shouting for a second and peered up at the brown furred monster. Why stop here? He muttered. Why go home with nothing but photos? Why not take the snowman back to California? Do you know what sensation that will create? Kind of like a King Kong situation. Yeah, it's a very like, are you a carnival proprietor? Yeah, what shit? you should turn into PT Barnum. What the hell? Yeah, it's absolutely stupid. We get one line. We get one line on page eighty nine that just says, "Refrozen again into a block of." It just became a block of ice again, and so now he's like, "Well, let's take it." Right. Let's just like, fucking take this native yeah. creature. I'm not scared of this shit. It's in a fucking block of ice. Let's go get the let's go get the trunk, kids. Yeah. On page 90. And so now, and and you think like I say that and I'm like, okay, well, 
what can happen next? Well, they're going to go get something to, to, to cap, to put the, the thing in, put the right. monster in. It's going to break out it'll again. Break out, or it'll break out on, on transit. Benny Hill music's going to play. They're going to run Benny around. Music. But then Arthur's going to come back and save them like he was going to get help. That's what I thought was going yeah, to happen. I, yeah. and, he, and he'll kill the monster. Yeah. Yeah. And like, then, then really, and then Jack Black will be like, it was beauty that killed the beast. You know, something. <laughs> exactly. Something profound. Something yeah. profound is what we expect from Goosebumps. <laughs> and then what happens is... <laughs> they just do it. <laughs> they just, just go it. home. <laughs> just do it. That's they it. literally spend like a chapter explaining how they chisel the eyes down to fit inside mm-hmm. of a trunk. Get yeah. it in the trunk. Get it out of the cave. Get it onto a sled oh, they also found. Also, how Arthur got away scot-free. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. No, fuck Arthur. He's gone. Arthur's just gone from the book He's now. He's in the wind, man. He's so, and they, they got, and though it's this whole like sequence the of like... The one town... It's yeah. all there is, but he got he he gave he him the slip. Out. It's a slippery guy, and, and and then and then you turn the page. And you turn the page. Ah, I sighed. Feel that sun, <laughs> nice and hot. We're back. <laughs> We're in back in Pasadena. Chapter twenty four. This whole thing of of and and they didn't. So they get they 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 have the the snowman, and I need to explain this so people understand. This, this this Bigfoot that is encased in ice, which they chiseled to fit a trunk that he was storing his camera equipment in, right. which will, I guess, temperature control enough. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah, where, he's fine. He's fine. Where he's it fine. will not melt in route from Alaska back to Southern California. Yes. Literally, the more interesting bit of this story is the part he chooses to just pan away from. He's like, don't worry about how they get him there. No one cares. Let me tell you how how far it is from Pasadena to Alaska. There are no flights available currently from Pasadena. But if we're just going to go from, I don't know, Los Angeles. Sure, it's LAX. Yeah. LAX. And I guess Juno maybe has. Sure, maybe. Uh, maybe has an airport, I'm sure. It's going to be at least a six, seven hour flight. It'll be fine. Jesus It'll be Christ. Fine. It'll be fine. And that's just the flight. That's not talking about getting on the tarmac. That's or not, the fact that oh, he can get into and out of the ice as he pleases. Going through, yeah. I mean, this is this is pre-9-11, so I guess... I guess. Yeah, so <laughs> you could get anything through customs at this point. It's not the two-hour. It doesn't matter. It's, really oh, yeah, it's not international, but still. Still. Now, at this point, though, and I have to say this because it's very important. You think, okay, now we got the snowman. We got Pasadena. We don't have enough time left to not do anything else. So, so what's what? So what obviously the snowman possibly do some snowman stuff, right? Yeah. We're going to have well, the cover of the book's going to come to life. What did the kids take with them aside from the snowman? Because they didn't just take the snowman back. Obviously, they took some snow. Right. Yeah. It's Which, magic. Yeah. They took some, they grabbed a few snowballs and they were like, this will be great because we're going to take these back to Pasadena. And we're going to fucking use them once for the greatest goof of all time on the bullies. Yeah, they're never going to see it coming. They're never going to see it coming. An actual snowball. So inside, packed in this case, they just threw in a couple snowballs yeah. as well. Yeah. Which, I guess from the cave of the snowman, is that that's where they're from? It, it's not clear. They, I think they said from the, 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 the abominable, from Bigfoot's cave is where they got the snow, which, okay. whatever, sure. I guess that's special snow. It's Well, Daniel, it is special snow. You're right. Because this is, at this point, I have to be honest, I checked out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that's fine. Chapter 25, uh, page 105. 
they had thrown a snowball at Lauren, their next door neighbor, and not the villain. They go out to well, the, the dad goes away to I guess a museum to talk about where the <laughs> that, snow yeah, goes. that's where you go, like the it, Smithsonian it, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. They're just like he's like. I don't think even Arl Stein would know what you do with this sort of thing. Absolutely not. You probably would get arrested first for yes. taking property and a creature from for Alaska. sure. But Did also, you have to, like, do you have to check it? Is that a bag you check? I'm assuming it's a bag you check. And imagine how heavy that shit is. Yeah, it's going to be real heavy. Also, did he just leave all of his camera equipment there? Because that's... Yeah, because who cares? He doesn't need it now. You know what? He's going to be able to buy a million cameras from this. Well, because they make it sound like the dad, like he's going to get money for it, but he's trying to be altruistic at the same time. It's weird. But like, so... I guess. Yeah, but the the dad hides the case in the dark room where he does all of his photography business. Temperature controlled, of course. Dad, dad stuff, whatever. Yeah, sub zero degrees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the kids go and which we're leading into. The kids go and get the snowballs out, and and then and then nothing happens. They just do that. The snowman doesn't break out immediately. Yeah. Oh yeah, no. They so they throw the eye the snowball they got at Lauren, which is where I was. Yeah. Yep. And then. Uh, Page 105, the snowball, it didn't crumble to the ground. It started to grow. The thick white snow spread quickly up the trunk, over the branches, and within seconds, the entire tree was covered with snow. So now we have magic snow. Magic snow. We have monster blood. I was so stunned, the snowball fell out of my hand, fell out of fell out of my hand. I jumped back and hit the ground and spread. Oh, wow, I shrieked. I watched a blanket of snow spread out across the lawn like a white blanket. So I guess if you just hold it, nothing happens. I guess. Yeah. You have to throw have it to, or drop it. Or, yeah, it has to. It has to meet gravity in some. It way. has to be gravity. See? Fuck. See, told Lauren, you. It's Lauren everywhere. Is hopping around saying, "Fuck gravity." <laughs> snow, snow. It's wonderful snow in Pasadena. And then uh, Jordan Nicole said quietly, "This isn't right. We should have left the snow in the cave." It isn't normal snow. <laughs> and of course she was right. Any cave where the abominable snow has got to have be a weird place, but how could we have guessed? And Laura uh, We should have man. not taken the snow. We could have, t- we should have taken the abominable snow. Yeah, man, but, but the, it was the left. snow that was the mistake. Like we, this is why you don't take shells from the beach. Yep. This is what happens. So then Lauren throws a snowball at Nicole. Yeah. After, yeah. Like, I'm like, dude, you just saw what happened. Yeah, you what just saw. Fuck? What the fuck is your problem? Page 107. She was frozen solid. Nicole, I stared into her snow-covered eyes. Can you hear me, Nicole? Can you breathe in there, Nicole, Nicole? She's frozen. She's frozen. Now, I cannot bear to look. I cannot bear to look at any more quotes, but what happens next is absolutely unhinged. She is stuck in a block of ice. They cannot get her out of it. They put her by the, the they put her by the furnace. They mm-hmm. put her by a fireplace. Nothing yeah. works until finally, this is for the no shit. reason. The stupidest shit. The abominable snowman breaks out of the ice, finds her, gives her a big old bear hug, and absorbs the cold. Yep. Well, they had the Jordan had the idea. He 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 noodled it. He noodled what was going to happen. He jazz noodled it. <laughs> Okay, then it says it's it's chapter twenty six, which are just like, what's the fucking leap in logic? Where's the that you're end? Taking? Yeah, how much more? What so, could we do here? Page one hundred nine. Um, Jordan has like one more idea. I suddenly remembered how warm the abominable snowman had felt when he carried us across the Alaskan tundra. Warmer than a furnace. <laughs> there we were, yeah. ten degrees below zero, surrounded by deep snow, and the heat had poured off the creature's body. He's like thing warm. Me me take ice block sister to. 
warm thing. Yeah. And it does, it does break out, hugs the coal. And what happens to the abominable snowman then? Then it runs into the yard, rolls around, absorbs all the snow there, mm-hmm. and just runs off. It just runs away. The end of Abominable Snowman. And you think, well, now we're going to get something right. And the answer is, of course, no, because the next page after that's the last fucking chapter and the story's over. (laughs) I'm so mad right now. I'm so mad. I'm sure if we counted the the number of pages. The audacity. The number of pages with the snowman in it is, it counts less than probably 25 pages of the story. So this is like. They say it runs off to like the mountains and that's it. You don't see it again. No, it's never again. It's so. It's it's so frustrating. Yeah. This is such a bad book. It wasn't a fake. It wasn't a fake. It wasn't wearing a suit. It it like them being jokers didn't factor in. Nicole being smart nope. didn't matter. Arthur doesn't come back. Arthur didn't come back. Yeah, exactly. Literally nothing that happens in the first, I don't know, seven eighths of the book matter. It's just nothing. Yep. It, you had you seeded stuff that was that could have been something very easy to flesh out. Like literally, why did you talk about the gorilla suit? Why did you have the kids with the fucking the Hollywood dad? The fucking sponge beating. Why? Why any of that? Because none of those characters are around the no. whole book. No, 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 no. And 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 the the it's and the whole the, the the bad thing at the end is now dad's like i still love you kids don't worry it sucks that it's gone and we don't have money also i don't have photos of it so i guess the whole trip was a waste so fuck me i guess buy house <laughs> now they did bury some of the snow in sand they bit it like in a garbage bag and buried it across the street uh, where the house was being built or torn down stupid. or whatever. And that's what turns into slapping. Well, and again, it's like, it really feels like, again, like you said Monster Blood earlier, Danielle. This, this seems like it's just aping some Monster Blood stuff, weirdly. This feels like a group project where you have like 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 partners and you have one person who puts in like 95% of the work. <laughs> it's a Goosebumps book written by committee. Yeah, this is yes. the, the kid who skips class every day was in charge of the last part of the book, unfortunately. And, they were like, and it runs away. Oh, it's... it. When the dad turned and all of a sudden it was like, let's take it back with us. It's just like, oh. Oh, this does. Oh, his character oh, is. Oh, what? It, gone. It, it makes. There's like, no such thing as dad. Yeah. Like, why did you develop so much of what he does and about? Because we are pretty familiar with all the characters yeah. midway through the book. Yeah, because we hang out for a long time yeah the dad and the kids like have a lot of dialogue the kids are mm-hmm. the kids like are like kind of rambunctious but when dad is like hey i need you to chill out they do yep yep fuck this good job us yep this this book i and i, I say this about everyone reread <laughs> this might be one of the worst ones i've read <laughs> so i mean legend of the lost legend probably still wins at least that one had interesting things but happening it, in it it did have attempt at like a story you have to have something if if enough buck wild shit happens in a book then i'm like this is like a bad movie that's fun to watch yeah yeah this is a bad movie that is not fun to watch this is lost with like where yeah. it's so much build up and development and then they Fuck up the last season. Yep. Then they fumble on the last yard. It it really feels like it's like a it's like a Marvel movie where like they it, it's like Wanda build up build up build up build up build up. Yeah. It was bad. Yeah. 
So good job choosing this one. Hey, <laughs> you know what? I thought it was going to be something else. Yeah, we all did. Understandably. Now, I, I, I really wish that I could say that there's some kind of fun behind the screams or something, but there's nothing. So no I'll just one... say this. Go watch Wednesday. <laughs> it's on Netflix. <laughs> oh, yeah, I need to watch they it. Didn't, they didn't pay us. I just really like it. It's a very good show. And it's got a Goosebumps vibe. I'm not going to lie. It's just fun and silly. And in a way that you're like, man, this kind of makes me want to read Goosebumps. Don't. Don't, don't do it. Don't, don't do, do that. It. No. Um, just just watch Wednesday and have a good old time. I'm so glad we're done with this. Yeah this this book was well. Here's the thing: is when the, when the equipment broke earlier, I was just like, I don't want to delay doing this fucking episode. We gotta get this over with. I don't want to have to like sit and like let this book permeate Purgle, my brain. Yeah, percolate, yeah, absolutely not. I need to purge. I just felt so weighed down. Oh fuck, gravity. Oh gravity again. Oh there it goes. <laughs> Take us out, Joe. Thank you to the band Dog Party for the use of our theme song, Bad Dream, off the album Hit and Run. It's a wonderful song by a wonderful band. You can check it out at dogpartylive.com and dogparty.bandcamp.com. Geesebumps is just one piece of mom, mom, uh, comedy content from the Mom Hat Comedy Crew. You can check out our stuff at mom-hat.com. That's mom, a hyphen hat.com. Jeffrey did the website, so it's a little easier to look at. Yeah. And that's fun. Yeah. Uh, the next episode will be out in yeah. some amount of time, <laughs> two weeks maybe, or a week or two, whatever. We're getting into holiday, holiday, holiday time. It's holiday yeah, time. Yeah. Right so, now. so the next one is who knows? And I don't even know who's, who, whose turn is it? Uh, mine, unless Danielle wants to take it. No, you can go for it. All right. Um, I haven't thought of the book that I want to do yet. It'll be a surprise. Uh, if you want to get a sneak peek, you can follow us on any of the socials. I'll probably put up a photo of the cover once we decide on it. And Tumblr. That's the one. And yep. Tumblr. You can follow us at Tumblr, TikTok, Facebook, which I started setting up things to post to. Uh, again, Instagram and not Twitter. Twitter, while it's yeah. still there, but it is becoming it's radically a hard place to exist on. Yeah. Um. But yeah, go follow us. It's just it's Mom Hat Studio, uh, Mom Hat Studios, except for on TikTok, where it's it's Mom Hat Studios. Danielle, is there anything that you wanted to say? Uh, outside oh. of, of course, the final passage, obviously. Right. Yeah. No, like, uh, leave a review or something. I don't fucking. Like, hey, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, fucking leave a review or whatever, whatever. Fucking leave a review. Yeah, fuck Jesus. I don't fucking know. Go to Good Pods. People can leave reviews on Good Pods. We're assuming. We don't know how to get there ourselves. Nope, nope, nope never. Nope. Can't. Don't know internet. No. Yeah. Uh, so, Danielle, what do you say regale us with that final passage? Here we go. Nicole and I left Dad in the dark room to finish his work. We trudged around the house to the front. Nicole groaned and grabbed my arm. Oh, no, look. Across the street in the vacant lot, I saw the Miller twins kneeling down, digging in the sand. They're digging up the snowballs, I gasped. Those creeps, Nicole growled. They must have been spying on us when we buried them. We've got to stop them, I cried. We hurried across the street, running full speed. I saw Kyle rip open the garbage bag and pull out one of the snowballs. He swung back his arm and aimed it at Kara. No, Kyle, stop, I screamed. Don't throw it. Stop. Don't throw it. Kyle. Thunk. Fucking throw it, man. I don't care. Yeah, no one cares. Yeah, it's your shitty sister. Whatever. Yeah, fuck it. Like, <sighs> let, them, let them freeze each other to death. Get, get frozen, dipshit. Yeah. <laughs> My name is Jojo, and I have a PhD. My name is Danielle, and I'm hungry. My name is Jeff, and I do believe in gravity. <sighs> 
traitor. And it believes in me. Fuck you. This has been Goosebumps, a Did You Mean Goosebumps podcast. And until next time, stay out of the basement. Just like somebody I used to.